welcome to this episode of Tales from Eden Road and Beyond. My name is Zach Freeman. I'm the Director of Athletic Communications at LBC Capital, and I'm joined by Bob McMichael, a 1993 alum of LBC Capital. We are joined this week by Dr. Shirley Tucker, a former professor at LBC Capital who served many years at the institution. Dr. Tucker, how are you today? Hi, fine, thank you. It's great to see you, great to hear your voice as well, a familiar voice for many of us here in the athletic department and all around LBC. Uh, we're looking forward to sharing some memories uh, from your time at LBC and uh, just looking forward to enjoying a, a little, little discussion about uh, the history of LBC a little bit and maybe some stories uh, from your time here. Um, my first question is a pretty simple one actually. Uh, what years did you work at uh, LBC? I came to LBC in 1992 and worked there until Oh dear, 2014, I think it was. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And uh, you kind of started in the education department, uh, I believe that's correct, and then kind of uh, moved around a little bit. But more, the first question, I guess, uh, for the education department, what was different about teaching or educating teachers when you first started to where it went to over the course of the time uh, that you worked here? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, uh, you know, we had a very traditional teacher education program but some things that evolved that really stick out for me um, initially was the technology. When I started, we had no uh, computers in our offices. And um, fortunately, we had the uh, foresight of Harold Kind, Dr. Kind, who basically started a computer lab. And um, then the faculty and initially that was faculty then students as well uh, learned how to use computers and we got computers in our offices that um, that transpired over several years and eventually in the teacher ed department that meant our students were learning how to write their lesson plans using the computer and using a particular template that we should have and things like that and in fact that actually became a, a good, uh, I don't know if I'd call it a selling point so much, but when, when our students went out into their internships and uh, were making PowerPoints when that became available, or when they were going out to do their uh, student teaching or their practicums, they, we had the technology and um, we stood out as a teacher education department because we were in the forefront. And I think it kind of quelled some fears for some of the public school sector who thought, oh, they're just a Bible college, uh, you know, and they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so sure. anyway, um, that, that's one thing that really um, sticks out. Um, also, we became rather innovative in some of the things that uh, we did, not just sit there in the classroom, but actually doing what we uh, wanted them to be able to teach their children. Um, when they were in the classroom. Um, that was yeah, pretty typical for any teacher education department, but I think we did it particularly well. And Dr. Clausen was good at picking the kinds of things that um, we were most attuned to ourselves. For instance, when I was hired, um, one of the reasons that um, she was interested in having me come was because I'd been a school principal and there was a component in our foundations class of school law. And of course I was pretty up on that stuff. So um, those things became, you know, I, I was placed in that class to teach in that class because I had some expertise there that no one else had the experience for. But then eventually it even became, uh, you know, it's like all these little steps happened one after the other. And the next thing was teaching foundations as two different sections, which 
Dr. Dick and I did. Um, and we did that um, so that we could co-teach and she would teach all the philosophy of education and which was her degree in, um, in uh, her graduate work. And um, I did that, the component of the school law and also uh, disability services, which by that time was becoming more important for our students to know about. So it's, it was just all these little things that kind of added up to uh, bigger things. And if you wanna hear a funny story about Dr. Dick and I, you know physically how different we are um, in our looks. And one day we were both out observing student teachers and we had gotten in the habit of taking all of our uh, work of what we were going to need uh, in the classroom, the college classroom with us because we never knew if we were gonna get delayed when we were out observing. And on this particular day, it was raining. We both had raincoats on. We came running into the class, kind of one right after the other. And we started to take off our coats and the class started laughing at us and we went, what? And then they just pointed at us. We were wearing identical outfits. And <laughs> we had the same plaid, uh, the skirt. Um, there's, there's different types and the girls, the gals will get a kick out of this. I had on an A-line skirt and she had on a box plate skirt. But the fact was the plaid was the same. We had on the same colored top we just, and, and a pair of pearls because back in that day, that was the thing. <laughs> And, I, and, we, and yet we were so different. And, and we just all burst out laughing. What could you do? <laughs> and, and you just that's never knew that you both came that way. That right, time. exactly. exactly. That's fantastic. Uh, for the technology piece of it, I know I struggle with my kids. I feel like they're ages and ages beyond me and they're only you know nine and five, but they come home and they can work me around up and down Google because that's all they're doing now in school. Mm. Was it that way when you kind of started getting computers in your classroom, did the kids pick it up faster than the professors? And was that kind of like a give and take sometimes there? There was a little give and take. I, I do think that um, after the initial training for the faculty, uh, some kind of took off with it and others um, made do because they had to, but um, the students, once they got the hang of it, um, they, they tended to do really well when it came to the um, things like uh, PowerPoints and, you know, what they're not even using that now, the whiteboards and all these other pieces, but um, they, they picked up, I would say, more quickly than, than the older ones who were set in our ways and would rather have drawn our lines with uh, pen and paper than to have to do them on a computer. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, you know, eventually kind of um, get the RAP Center, the Reaching mm -hmm. Academic Potential uh, mm -hmm. kind of started a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you spoke about uh, disability services sort of becoming more and more important. Mm -hmm. What did you see happening here at LBC uh, that maybe made you more passionate uh, about working and creating uh, the RAP Center? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Um, there's a little backstory to it though. When I met Penny Clausen, uh, how I met her um, was at a um, teacher's convention. And here in, in Lancaster, they were part of what was called MAXA. The students will know that, Mid-Atlantic Christian Schools Association. But I had come from an area where I was a principal. We had uh, a different association for accreditation and that was the Association of Christian Schools International. And they, in Lancaster, they both did um, a, a, like a combined teacher convention. And I had been down in Washington at that point and been asked to come up and do some workshops, which Penny was already doing too. So Penny and I knew each other 
only on paper. We knew about each other. We read about each other and different things. I met her there and I was actually looking for a different position. And she hired me eventually. I mean, that's a long story, but she hired me because of um, my particular things like being a school principal. Um, and I had just a, I just had a heart for kids with disabilities and um, developed that in the school where I had been an elementary school principal. Then when I went to Washington Bible, they, um, there was a group of students there who really needed additional help. And I suspected had learning disabilities, but they didn't have a program. So I kind of dabbled in it there. By the time I got to Penny, when she um, talked with me at the convention, she said they had a part-time position that they were going to be advertising. And would I have an interest? And I said, no, because it was part-time and I didn't think anything more of it. But she went back to the powers that be and said, look, she's got everything we need. Can we make this somehow a full-time position? And it included taking over the writing center. Now, those of you who were back in the day know Dr. Joan Tompkins was running that. And um, she was anxious to be able to, to put that aside, to have someone else do that so that she could uh, work on uh, putting more um, English electives into play and having to develop those courses. So here I was with it's just the beginnings of how to do that. Well, long story short, you have to recognize the time frame. The Adults with Disabilities Act came into being right around this time. And so I took over her writing center, which she had named the RAP Center. It wasn't called the Writing Center. Um, and then it very quickly evolved into all these other things. I had to do a lot of reading to be up to speed on what the regulations were and all that. But it all started right back at the very beginning. It just wasn't uh, called uh, disability services at that point. And, um, and then as we, as we went through um, with the, the RAP Center, it became really apparent. We didn't just need people who could uh, have a little extra help with writing, but they maybe needed some math uh, work, you know, maybe hadn't had anything beyond um, algebra in high school. And all of a sudden they've got to take a class that they can't pass. I mean, that's how they feel. So we started a little math lab and then we, um, we had the students that I was pretty certain probably had some disabilities, but had never been diagnosed. And we just kind of worked our way along. So that's how we started. Then along comes Pete and he wants to know if we can have a, what we called study hall. I, I've always been sad about the fact that we called it study halls for the athletes, but it was like a study hour because he wanted to make sure that everybody would stay um, you know, academically where they needed to be uh, to play sports. And I just grabbed at that chance. I, I um, played field hockey in college and um, I always loved sports, but I just, I, I, in the college setting to that point, I hadn't had a real in, you know, I was going to the games, but I didn't have a way with the students and in to talk. So that just became the next step. And I will tell you, we met in the upstairs, um, I'm not even sure if it exists now, that the large choir rehearsal room, because all of the athletes came at the same time and it's at night. And I brought this huge big bowl of candy. I didn't know what else to do, but I wanted to entice them in some way. <laughs> and and uh, so that's how we started with, with the athletes. But then I began to realize 
um, you know, I could help individual ones. There were two guys, I'm sorry, I don't remember who they are, but if they happen to be listening, they can email me and tell me. Um, they had to memorize a sonnet for Dr. Ide, a, a Shakespearean sonnet. And they, it was due the next morning and they were, you know, last minute, 16 lines. And, and I said, well, let me look at it. And I pointed out a few things and I said, go do this, go walk out in the hall because I had since learned that most athletes, if they're moving, they get it better. <laughs> so they were out in the hall and they'd do this and they'd come back in. I am not kidding. By the end of the night, they had the entire sonnet done and they both got A's. Well, that, that was good for them because then they thought, okay, this lady knows what she's talking about. And, and I was saying to myself, oh good, I'm so glad that worked. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it just kind of went from one thing to another and um I, th I think they endeared themselves to me just because um you know not just because of the sports but because they realized that oh you know they could do this and um and be good at sports and good at academics and um one of my favorite things about them in general is that one of the times we went on a road trip i think in the midwest where did, who did we play for basketball um in the Midwest that we- um, Yeah, we went to Missouri in Missouri, 2010. Missouri, that's where it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> this comes with being old. Well, um, I, can, I remember that trip because I remember you were giving tests oh, yes. in, in the courtyard yes. <laughs> of the hotel. <laughs> yes, I did. I did that for um, the uh, trips to Florida as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know what I was gonna tell you is that I think I won their hearts over when I started talking to them on trips like that and saying, now don't forget, I know that you are athletes and I know that you're supposed to be academicians, but um, while we're on this trip, you are athlete students, not student athletes. And I, I said that every trip I went on, I said that on the bus because I wanted them to know that. And even, even while they had to take exams right in the middle of all of this, you know, what should be such a high, um, I tried to make it as easy as I could because that's just not a fun thing to have to do, you know, so, but yes, you're right, I did. <laughs> I remember that we would come down for breakfast and you'd be there with all yeah. the, the tests and you would they'd have to turn it back in so yes. that you had it and oh. I was that was that was my first year here and I remember those oh. I remember that trip and I remember going on that I've, I I know we never did that in college so yeah. I thought it was, it was a great service to provide because then they because we were gone for many days so uh you know that was just one of the things where we were able to kind of enjoy the contest but at the same time like you said the the student athletes could enjoy being athletes, but also getting some of their work done. Whereas typically here, they're students and get to have some athletic time too. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that was really nice. Yeah. You know, Dr. Tucker, uh, I, I want to go back one step. Uh, you you uh, transitioned from Washington Bible College to mm -hmm. Lancaster Bible College. Mm -hmm. A uh, couple things there. Uh, and even as you went into WBC, uh, you said you had been a high school principal before. When did you know you wanted to be a college professor? And, and then what was it like transitioning from, like, I, I know we're all Christians, but, you know, WBC was not LBC and, and we were competitors and stuff. Yes. And, yes. and, you know, you have your loyalties and everything. How, mm -hmm. how, how did all that work out for you? Okay. Um, well, um, <clears throat> you know, sometimes the Lord just lets you know it's time to go. And I, I was, um, I wasn't exactly actively looking when I ran into Penny, but I sort of was, you know, it was always in the back of my mind. 
Um, I have lots of really good friends. One of my closest friends is from Washington Bible. Um, the, the transition um, from the standpoint of, like you said, being Christians and everything, that, that, that wasn't the, the problem. The problem was knowing whether I should leave or not, whether, whether I was wanting to look for something more um, than what the Lord had in store for me at any particular time. Um, but um, it was really clear, made really clear very quickly that um, making the move to Lancaster was um, not going to be a matter of competition. I did have trouble. I know we, we played something, a basketball game or something against them. And I'm going, who do I root for? You know? <laughs> but that didn't go on very long. I think we didn't play them very uh, much after I first came. But anyway, um, I've kept my connections with a number of people from Washington Bible, and um, um, it just never was an issue. It was like the Lord was saying, no, this is where you're supposed to be right now. But my coming to teach at the college level in the first place was also a kind of an interesting set situation. I'd been um, a lower school administrator and then the principal of this um, Christian school in the town where I was living. And um, I saw an ad from uh, the... Uh, ACSI that was advertising the position um, to Washington Bible and the what they used in the um, part right next to the logo where it was kind of like the, the beginning of the spread to the advertisement was a violin and of course I'm a violinist so I quickly took a look and, and I thought gee that's interesting I wonder what that's like well um, I have to also say that when I was a principal that was including a high school. And I was working with several teachers who were brand new into teaching. And so I was doing a lot of um, work behind the scenes with them for getting them to be, you know, where they, where they wanted to be. And um, so I knew I could do that well. And I thought, gee, why don't I start it before they ever get to the school that they that they really feel conf confident in what they're doing. And that's, that's really how I got started in uh, thinking about college education. I hadn't, I hadn't aspired to that initially, let's say. Yeah, I, you know, and the difference that Zach and I have is I actually was a student when you started at Lancaster Bible right. College. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I've had the opportunity to, to work on staff with you as well. Um, what I remember though is where the wrap office was and where where your office finished uh, when you when you stepped away from the college. Mm -hmm. uh, what what was what was that like when you were thinking about taking the wrap center and what we now know as the Ally Center uh, and just the major differences there? What what was that like for you? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> well, when I came, uh, you know, of course, Dr. Peterson was still involved there. And um, the, the issue was um, how can we serve our students even when we didn't know we were talking about learning disabilities, for instance, but just knowing that we had some students who were coming on board who really didn't seem to be prepared well enough. And um, so he, he was actually, you know, he started the whole idea of, okay, we got to get behind this. Um, and then within a short time, was it maybe no six or seven, eight years or something, when Dr. Tegg um, came on board, that it just kind of segued from one to the other. And I had their support, both of their supports all the way right from the start. 
But let me tell you, I, I, is the room that you remember the one that was down next to the elevator? Yes. Yep. Okay. And, and that, that, that is now uh, the baseball coach's office. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, when, when um, even before that, I was running the writing center right out of my faculty office, which oh, was even smaller still. But um, that the room downstairs um, was helpful because it it allowed a, kind of a little alcove area for my own desk and then the other area where we served the students. Then the next big thing was moving down to the other end of the library, the left um, far quadrant um, where right. we had, our, and we thought that was wonderful. I mean, we had all this extra space. Yep. And um, back then Jerry Lincoln was a librarian and he had all this extra wood, a beautiful, beautiful wood that my parents and I stained with him, stained and made those booths to be in the that center. And we thought we were in heaven then. Yeah. And then when Dr. Tag, he called me to his office and he said, I just want you to know that we've been thinking and um, we are going to give you space in the new um, you know, learning commons. And I said, oh, really? I'm not completely um, unaware of the, what the thought process had been. And when he ever said it was gonna be the whole top floor, I almost died. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> you know, and, the, and then he said, so I'm gonna have you work with Phil Dearborn and I want you to uh, plot out how would you use the space? Well, my goodness. I mean, so going from that one little tiny yeah. room to, to leaving, I, that was, it was just the most glorious place to be. I hope it still is um, able to serve the students well. But I mean, we had everything from an office for me that was large enough that I could have parents in if they wanted to talk about their, their student or um, small committee meetings. I, we had another office for the uh, person who uh, supervised the student um, tutors, that's uh, Dave Neff. And then we had a, an assistive technology room. So all of our students with, um, you know, vision or um, mobility or other kinds of issues who needed that technology uh, would have that. And a, a writing center, a separate one with a, an area for the, uh, the gal who ran that and a math lab and you name it, we had it all. And I even had my own classroom up there so that I could teach all the students the study skills courses that we had, I could teach. And I didn't have to go across campus. I could just walk across, you know, the hallway. Yeah. It, it was absolutely incredible. I just, um, I, and, but the thing is, it speaks both to Dr. Peterson's early on forethought and then Dr. Tegg's uh, following through with all of that, um, recognizing that everybody deserves a quality education. If they're capable and qualified to be at the college, then we have to give them first rate, whatever it takes for them to be able to do what they need. And I really appreciated that about both men. So it's, it was a wonderful way for me to, and I would have died if that came about just after I left. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be sort of like Pete Beers right now that you've got the second phase of this building program. And he's been here long enough to be working it, you know, to see it come to fruition. Yeah. That's just wonderful. Dr. Tucker, one of the things that teachers get to do and someone who works in education like you and even up in, in the Ally Center, the, the fifth floor there the, of the mm -hmm. Tag Learning Commons, is you get rewarded for your work mm -hmm. occasionally uh, when a student has that moment where they're 
the light bulb goes off and it just, you, you get to see it and then teachers live for it. My wife is a teacher and, yeah. you know, nothing makes her happier than when she gets to see a, a kid have the light bulb go off. Yes. Um, now there's certainly lots of bumps in the road and frustrations before the light bulb, of course, for the most part, just kind of talk maybe if you can remember, even if it's not a specific thing, but as an educator, getting to live out that moment every so often, especially working in disability services in various different uh, places here on campus as well, and just kind of your time here at LBC. There are so many, many times. It's part of what um, fuels me, I guess you could say. And, um, you know, God's given me the gift of encouragement. And when I encourage that that comes to a student having confidence when they realize, oh, I really can do this. I, I just have to think of it a different way or I have to approach it a, another way or um, I just have to practice it more or whatever it happened to be. Um, I, you know, God gave me that gift to be able to encourage. And if they came in very discouraged, um, there's one gal whose name I won't mention, but she used to come in frequently and um, she'd always be apologetic and I'd, and I'd sit down and tell her, okay, so how, how, how do we need to approach this? And, we, and then she'd talk it through and she'd be fine. She'd say, I think I can do this. <laughs> and she would be all on her own. Um, those kinds of things. I mean, that's the importance of it. You don't want them depending on you. You want them to be independent and you want them, like you say, to have that light bulb go off to realize that, oh, I really can do this. I just have to think of it differently. And just thinking of it in a different way doesn't mean it's the wrong way, you know? Um, if it works for you, that's what you do, you know? So um, I think that's one of the reasons that I enjoyed teaching the um, study skills classes because um, I could give them 10 different ways to approach a particular thing of how they were going to memorize something or do whatever. And I loved doing it and they knew that. So I think that probably helped that enthusiasm. Same thing was true with the, um, the Project Excel program. We got that started because we knew we could see by looking at the records of the, some of these students that they just needed the right kind of encouragement. And boy, I'll tell you in that first group, um, we had a gentleman in a wheelchair um, and he he just blossomed or you talk about somebody like uh, Andrew Keenan who's now in the doctoral program over at Cambridge University you know people who were in that project excel um, who just needed that encouragement and for that light bulb to go off and um, I fortunately got to be the the person God used for that what 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 were some of those other surprises that you thought like, well, I, I never expected to cross that bridge and 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 yet we did. Like I, I can give you one example was uh, while I was working in student services, uh, we had a student come that had a support animal and it was a dog. And all of a sudden we had to figure out how to make it work to have a resident student have an animal in the dorms, which we had never had before. Mm -hmm. And and that became such a great experience. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um it, I, I probably would have a hard time um, recalling any of those now because they've become old hat to me, but you're right. I remember that that very first time we had to deal with that and we had it uh, come up again later, but I guess um, um, I, I really enjoy the disability services. And so it, um, I would just go online and I was part of a, a major group, um, international actually, that um, so I could get the information I needed for anything. And um, 
And I just kind of worked around it, did whatever we had to do in our facility. Of course, you know, we, oh, I know what a, an example. I took, <laughs> I took Dr. Tag outside of the front of um, the Aspen Shade building and asked him to just go for a walk with me because I wanted him to see where some of the issues were, were with our wheelchair uh, people. And um, I took him out and we stood in one place and I said, now take a look and whatever. Well, long story short, he was aghast at realizing that our students couldn't get into that building if they were in a wheelchair. And that's how we ended up putting that sidewalk that was graded so that they could get up the, to the back door and then putting in the, the door opening. And um, some of those things just came with, um, you know, like when, when the renovations were done for that building to be all those offices, there were regulations in place from the township that had to be met and ADA regulations. And they passed them all, including not having door openers. And, oh, excuse me. If this is uh, the concierge desk here, so I don't know what I'm missing. But, and I have my phone off and it's still ringing, so I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> anyway, um, the, that, that was a real eye-opener to him. And um, it, um, it helped to facilitate other things that needed to be done around campus as well that um, we just don't always think of. And, and he was operating on the principle that the township approved us, so we're fine. And I was saying, but look what we can't do. <laughs> so, you know, it just kind of, uh, and I'm sure there are many other things like that. I just don't happen to recall what they are at the moment. Yeah. One of the things we talked about in our February blog post were the years 1997 to 2001. Uh, we talked to Dr. Tag a little bit in our last episode about uh, kind of the turn of the century, the turn of the millennium. Uh, in my research, I noticed that the 1998 yearbook was dedicated to you uh, as well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, know. I know you don't submit anything for that, I know. Um, but can you recall LBC at the turn of the century? We talked to Dr. Tag a little bit about Y2K and uh, things like that. And he, he enjoyed telling us a few stories about that. But maybe just, you kind of spoke earlier about the technology piece of it, but just kind of LBC you know, taking that leap here into the 21st century back, uh, you know, 20 years ago now almost. Uh, mm -hmm. But just kind of, it seems like that to be an important couple of years in the institution's history where um, things happen very quickly, both physically in terms of buildings mm -hmm. uh, with the Good Shepherd Chapel, uh, redoing Espenshade, uh, getting the old wine dining commons, things like that. Um, what do you remember about that time on campus? Um the funny thing is, I, I mean, I do remember about uh, the Y2K stuff, but they were not, I, I guess I was just so much into this, you know, the classes and everything else that that really didn't affect me so much. Although some of that technology again did, it just made me think of something that happened during that time frame. Um, it was before cell phones and I was out to observe somebody up in Carlisle, which was a good 45 minute trip, but it was when they were doing all the renovations on Route 30. And I got stuck in a cattle chute, couldn't go anywhere, didn't have a cell phone. So I couldn't call the school and tell them where that I wasn't going to get there because there had been an accident and we were stuck in the cattle chute. And then, um, I, then, then it got longer and longer. I sat on the highway for about three hours 
And then the, the, the school had called Penny to see if I was coming. She said, well, yes, she left. And then the students in my class that I was supposed to have back at the college said, Dr. Clausen, Dr. Tucker's not here. And then Penny started getting worried and I had no way to let her know where I was either. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, those kinds of things were more, uh, you know, the kinds of things I remember, but the actual uh, uh, time frame of changing from one, um, you know, uh, century till the next isn't so firm in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, Dr. Tucker, you've always been up for almost any challenge or anything. Um, probably, uh, I, I, and I'm sure you do remember this, was uh, being at, a, at an athletic event. And I'm, I'm pretty sure TJ Connor was the student yes, that, yes. That, that said, Dr. Tucker, let's go crowd surfing. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, do you have any uh, sporting events that really stand out to you that you recall? Um, well, that, that for one. And again, that was one of the, that's when I realized that the kids really did, um, think, uh, you know, and I wasn't just this person, this faculty athletic rep who tells you what you have to do to stay, you know, current academically and everything else. That, that was one. Um, oh, goodness. Any of the trips that we took, uh, but all of the games, I, I really enjoyed um, Aunt Peggy as, you know, we used to sit together with her uh -huh. uh, sister and um, seeing the, her bag of candy go up through the different uh, rows. That um, there were so many. Uh, oh, here's one. Uh, Dunstan, that's uh, my uh, March Madness, and yes. he just pulled me out of the stands and said, "Come here, we need you as a prop." And then what he did was jump over me and shoot his trick basket in. And oh, okay, and I thought about that a lot afterwards because I thought, man, what if he had misstepped and landed on me? <laughs> <laughs> I would have been creamed. He was so tall. <laughs> but uh, oh, just. And, you know, being at a game was always a thrill. I, I'm sure my heart rate must have been, you know, twice its normal rate for most things because I, I tend to be very competitive and I just, you know, want to see us win. So even when I read your reports, Zach, now when they, you know, like the ones that came out the other day, I have to go and click on the, the uh, link and read the whole play by play. And I just say, oh, I wish I was there. You know? <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for the, for the, the web hits are always important. So thank yes. you. I appreciate that. Um, when, you know, when you started, maybe even not at LBC, just your, your teaching career and, you know, you, you work through a lot of years and they kind of run together and things like that. But of all the things you accomplished in your professional career, maybe what are some that stand out? And, you know, for anyone who, um, you know, is an alum of the school or even someone who maybe is currently going to the school and about to start their, uh, their professional life, um, you know, what would you say that, you know, to have them you know, kind of stick with it, even if it, uh, even if there are challenges, it sounds like you, you know, moved around a little bit and faced some challenges, but you see, it just sounds so rewarding when you can look back now on your career. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just stick with it. Unless you know the Lord has something else in mind, you just um, stay with it. Sometimes things are really hard and you still, um, you know, you just, Keep saying, Lord, give me wisdom, give me understanding, give me insight, whatever it is that's needed. Um, but um, um, help me to be aware and alert to what you would would like. Because sometimes, you know, the hard the hard pieces, you sometimes want to say, oh, let's just forget about this. 
And if that's not what the Lord has for you, then you've missed a really big opportunity. So um, I don't, does that answer the question for you? Absolutely, absolutely. It does. I, and, and Dr. Tucker, I think uh, one of the things that I've always appreciated is you really are very pro-student and mm -hmm. students were always such a, an important part of, of what you were doing no matter what. And like the fact that you would take the president of the college outside and say, hey, how do we make this a better place for, for all students, whether they're very mobile or they do have a disability. And, uh, you know, I, and then just even uh, as, as we started Project Excel, I remember those early years of Excel and, and working together and making that the best experience because you knew that the students were coming early yeah. for three weeks to the school mm -hmm. and there weren't a lot of activities. And honestly, I think sometimes they had more experiences than maybe they even had in the rest of the semester sometimes. <laughs> yes, they did, I think too. Um, that was, that was such a fun time. But you know, that's a perfect example of when something's really hard because that year, that very first year, and I did it for several years after, there was no dining room. So I was getting up and making breakfast for them before we started Project Excel. And then I was walking right over with them and then having to teach class. Um, that was really hard. And sleeping in the dorm when, you know, they weren't ready for bed when I was and, you know, things like that. But yes, um, just the, um, the things that we that we managed to plan um, just for their, uh, you know, they were intensely working academically from Monday to Friday. And the weekends, we had to make them really, you know, stick out for them as positive sure. things. So, yeah. Sure. And, and we had so many other faculty that would host them in the evenings, too. Yes, exactly. And, and having them over for meals and, yes. and just and those experiences as well. Yep. Right, right. Yep. Uh, are, are there other experiences that you recall, not only just from the Ally Center and RAP Center, but uh, any other student stories that like just stand out to you from from your um, like from like you said, from 1992 to 2014, you, you put in many, many years at, at Lancaster Bible College. Um, there were several that, for instance, we had one gal who was legally blind and she was in the master's program. And we had moved into the uh, Tag Learning Commons. And so we were now up in the Ally Center, which I shouldn't forget to um, mention. That suggestion was made by Lindsay Boyer for that name to be the Ally Center, someone coming alongside. And we, we loved it from the first time she suggested it and that's how the name came. Huh. But anyway, um, this gal, um, we had the assistive technology and I knew what her particular, um, problem was with her eyes, the, the medical terminology. So I did some Googling of it. And at the same time, we were um, writing grants to get more technology. So I um, typed in this information and lo and behold, um, I don't recall the name of the, the grant, the foundation right now, but um, it was one who had given to the college on several occasions. And it turned out the chair had the exact same issue. And I said, whoa, this is how we have to tailor this. And that's how we got um, a large uh, screen. Uh, well, it's more than detailed than you need, but all of the things that she needed to be productive. And she was so excited and, um, and it, it worked out well for her. She graduated in a, with a master's and, and uh, just was a superb student. And it was, um, well, I guess you could say one of the highlights for me to see 
someone working uh, diligently with what she had available and it wasn't much sight, but everything she had to do, all the reading and all those things that can come. So that's one highlight. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, on, the, on the lower level, I think the highlight is has to be grouped. It's all of those students, many of them who were in the Project Excel, but many who are not, who um, have gone on to other things. And I can say, see, you, you had, you had, and look what you are able to do now. I could probably disclose that I wasn't the best student when I was in uh, my younger years. And I think that's the reason that I can attach so well to, to the students in general, that um, when somebody took an interest in me and said, look, you know, you, you can do this. You've got the, the mental capabilities. And um, that's the same for, for all the students that I've worked with. And so many of them have gone on to, um, to be real servants of the Lord at that uh, working with other students who couldn't have, um, you know, they, they had the experience at LBC and now they can follow that through with students who were like them and able to um, be encouraged as well. Uh, I have one more question for you before Zach has anything else too. I, you know, I, when you came to LBC, you did not have your terminal degree at that point yet. Right. Uh, what, what was it like? Because it is totally different now. I mean, mm -hmm. I, they are still a lot of work, mm -hmm. but the opportunity that with technology, being able to remote into a classroom and, and everything, mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, it was definitely different when you were working on your terminal degree than, mm -hmm. than what people do today. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of it, holding a full-time faculty position as well. Yeah, that was quite a, um, quite a situation actually. I was at Liberty University for that. And um, fortunately, um, the president allowed for me to have my schedule arranged Monday to Thursday because I had to be down for my evening class on Friday night. So I would drive down in the daytime, take the course at night and all day Saturday and my sister and brother-in-law lived in the nearby town. I would drive to their house and stay there in the, you know, over the weekend time. And then I would drive back uh, after church on Sunday. And one of the ways that I managed um, that was back in that day, we used tape recorders. So I um, tape recorded the class lectures and then I listened to them on the way home again so that it would be solidified in my mind even when I couldn't look at notes just to utilize my time well. I mean, you had to do something because then when I'd come home at night, I'd start right into my classes Monday to Friday. And when I wasn't teaching classes, I was home doing my own work. <laughs> but um, personally, um, I think being in a classroom, just like you hear the, the, uh, the um, statements these days about the kids not being in a classroom, um, that interaction is so important. And I'm glad that I was not in a position to have to do um, a doctor program all online. It just isn't the same. Yeah. You know, the conversations you have along, um, you know, side somebody that just comes up because of something you mentioned in a class, you know, those kinds of things are so important to your overall development. So um, yes, it was very, very different. And I, when I look back now, I, I was able to do that. If you asked me to do that today, oh, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> I, I'd have to stop and take several uh, rest stops and take a nap while I was at it. <laughs> <Down there. laughs> yeah. That's excellent. 
Well, I really appreciate it, Dr. Tucker. I know uh, I was here the last, uh, you know, five or six years that you were here. And I know uh, the students were so appreciative that you would not only help them when they needed help, but then you were there in the front row watching them play at night, too. And I, I don't I still don't think uh, enough people here at the institution uh, realize how important that is to a student, whether or not they tell you or not. Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you that it really, really is. And I, I know they think that of Bob as well, uh, that he's here and uh, doesn't need to be, yeah. uh, but he is and he's supportive mm -hmm. uh, and gets to know them on, on a level that um, not a lot of people get to say. And mm -hmm. I know that still means a lot to them. And, and you were at the forefront of that for sure, uh, in, at least in my time here. And crowd surfing or not, so I know they appreciated <laughs> seeing you uh, at all their games. And uh, it wasn't just basketball. You would walk yeah. out to the baseball field too, yeah. and you're you know, in for soccer. And uh, we play some night games now for soccer, so I'm not sure if that yeah. would have worked these days. But uh, it's okay. We, we still made time for you, of course. So we really appreciate you uh, stopping by here and, and sharing some of your experiences. And uh, we really hope we get to see you soon. Thank you. It was a real uh, pleasure because I got to reiterate in my own mind so many good things that happened at LBC. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yep. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Have a good night. You too. Thanks. Yep.